You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about a church claiming to regrow missing limbs, and when called on it, telling the news we have evidence, we just don't feel like showing it is all. How the Republican Party moved from being publicly opposed to book banning to publicly in favor of it in less than a year. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you prefer to contact me in text form, just go to my website, owenmorgan.com, and click Contact Me in the top right corner. It's one of the menu items. If you're on a phone, just hit the little hamburger menu button in the top left, and you should see Contact Me in the list. So yeah, go to my website, check it out. I would appreciate that very much. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Serena Williams. She's a famous tennis player, Serena and Venus Williams, their sisters. And as it turns out, they kind of were involved in Jehovah's Witnesses when they were younger. Serena Williams worth like a ton of money, millions, one of the best paid sports players in the United States, I believe just got baptized as a Jehovah's Witness not that long ago. I mean, there's nothing of real relevance to here, so I'm going to turn it down. But yeah, she's in the pool. I went through this exact thing. I got baptized same way with the guys in the shirts, the white shirts. They tell you to cover. You got to go all the way under. You can't have a single part of your body outside the water. So they're going to lean her back. She's going to cover her nose. There she goes. And almost. And now she's officially bound to this organization for the rest of her life. And if she decides to ever leave, she'll lose every friend and family member that she has ever had. Of course, it doesn't matter to her much probably because she's filthy rich. But uh, yeah, she just signed a contract with an organization that will take advantage of her, who will suck her dry until the day that she dies. And when she dies, guess what? It doesn't end there. They expect you to deed your, to like will your stuff over to them. They tell you exactly how to will your possessions over to the governing body. Just disgusting. Just disgusting. Well, I guess the Watchtower Society, not the governing body, but still. One in the same, basically. So I got a uh, voicemail uh, kind of related to this. I just wanted to talk about that before listening to the voicemail. Check this out. Hi, Owen. This is Alex from Northern California. Uh, I recently watched the film King Richard and was surprised to find out that Venus and Serena Williams were raised as Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, I think they were kind of tangentially in the organization a little bit, not entirely, because this is the first time that she's getting baptized. You only get baptized once as a Jehovah's Witness, no matter what. So, yeah, I guess she was she didn't really like join the organization when she's younger. She is a witness now, though, for sure. And they appear to be actively involved in the religion today. I recall you mentioning in some of the Caleb and Sophia videos that Jehovah's Witnesses are often discouraged from being too ambitious or trying too hard in school or the pursuit of worldly possessions or economic success. 
Anyways, this got me searching to find out what other celebrities, athletes, public figures are JW, and there seem to be many. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on how high-profile Jehovah's Witnesses are perceived by the rest of the community. Do they help or hurt the religion? Are they recognized by the community? And if so, what level of influence do they have? Anyway, thanks for the work you do exposing religious and political nutter butters. It's so appreciated. Take care. Thanks. Absolutely appreciate that. Yeah, uh, there are a lot, a weird number of famous Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, Prince was probably one of the most famous. He died in the religion. And he actually, they wrote a new song book recently. Like they sing a song at the beginning of each church service or each meeting and at the end of each meeting. And uh, he helped write the new one that they just wrote recently. Of course, he died. So that was kind of his final contribution to the world, I guess, or to Jehovah's Witnesses. There's also Michael Jackson, famously. But Michael Jackson was actually not a fan of the organization at all. Honestly, Michael Jackson is a really weird guy, right? And I maintain that is just what happens to somebody, being that weird, when you are sheltered from society as a Jehovah's Witness and as a celebrity. He was sheltered from society for both reasons. So it was like he had no connection to the outside world whatsoever, and he, he just became weird because of it. I, same thing happened to me. I was just weird when I was younger. I feel like I'm still weird, and it's a shame that this stuff happens to so many people. So anyways, there were actually a lot of other really famous ones. Biggie Smalls, you know, Notorious B.I.G. He grew up Jehovah's Witness also. In fact, he's even mentioned the name Jehovah in like one of his songs. Lots of famous Jehovah's Witnesses out there for sure. What's interesting, though, is that famous Jehovah's Witnesses like Serena Williams get a lot more latitude to break the rules than anyone else. This is Serena Williams accepting an award recently this is not old she's accepting an award in this dress right here this is an unacceptable outfit for a jehovah's witness she would be disfellowshipped for wearing something like this or damn near it dude she would she wouldn't be disfellowshipped maybe she'd get she'd be reproved she'd get in so much trouble for wearing this if she wasn't famous just shows a grotesque level of like a lack of, a lack of care like they just don't care they'll do whatever they want and the governing body won't do anything about it because they know that they're going to get their money at the end of the road so they just let them do whatever they want break as many rules as they want whatever cuz they're going to get what they have at the end of it it's just sad man hey Owen, i had a question and Jehovah's Witnesses, they disfellowship and shun people for petty reasons. But they won't disfellowship and shun people for committing CSA? That doesn't make sense. That's a good question. So there's a big problem with CSA, which is child mistreatment, for lack of a better term. Uh, l listen to the rest of this. Why do they move them from congregation to congregation for CSA, but they disfellowship and shun people for other reasons? That that just doesn't make sense to me. Could you explain that? Thanks. Bye. Yes, good question. So um, Jehovah's Witnesses are in a lot of trouble right now with a lot of different governments and organizations and stuff, particularly in Australia. They got in a lot of trouble for this. They were moving 
people who committed CSA. They were moving them from congregation to congregation. That was the understanding. Well, here's what actually happened. That, that's what the caller mentioned. Let me explain the, the real situation. There was a specific memo in the Jehovah's Witnesses Elders Handbook. This isn't really open to the public. This is something that is only available to elders, which there are only like, I don't know, 10 per congregation maximum. And they all have very specific jobs and they lead the congregation. They're like co-pastors, basically, of each congregation, right? So they have an elders handbook that explains what they're supposed to do in certain situations. And in that handbook, they had a section that talked about something called the two witness rule. Now, the two witness rules in the Bible, and it's originally it was intended to be used for a legal transaction, like somebody wants to sell this donkey to you and you have the money for it, but if there aren't two witnesses there to witness the transaction between you two, it's like the transaction never happened. He can claim anything at all because video cameras don't exist, because phone calls don't exist, because all this stuff didn't exist at this time. So you had to have two witnesses there to see that the transaction really took place and money was traded and goods were traded. That was the two witness rule in the Old Testament. Well, Jehovah's Witnesses have taken the two witness rule and applied it to crimes that take place, right? So if there aren't two witnesses to CSA or two victims, then it's like it never happened. They assume that nothing happened. And their elders handbook actually says, leave it in Jehovah's hands if two victims don't come forward or the guy doesn't admit it. Assume it didn't happen. So the elders weren't moving these CSA perpetrators from congregation to congregation. They just were not doing anything at all because there weren't two victims. They are supposed to call the police morally, right? Call the police. If you find out somebody or if there's been an accusation, somebody has like committed CSA, call the cops. No, they're supposed to keep their mouth shut because there's no proof. Of course, there is proof. There just isn't proof sufficient to meet the expectations of the Watchtower Society, which is two witnesses or two victims. So knowing that there's a two-witness rule in place, that the elders will do nothing if there isn't a second victim, these CSA perpetrators would go to a congregation, they would victimize somebody, and then they would leave the congregation and move to a new one. And because there weren't two witnesses, elders have to pretend nothing happened at all. So they would keep their mouth shut completely. And these people were moving from congregation to congregation. Uh, a minimum of 20 congregations, I believe, this one guy went to. There were like a ton of cases of this happening back in the 90s, 80s and 90s. And the elders did nothing. And then, of course, Jehovah's Witnesses released a new elders handbook that was supposed to correct the problems of the last one. Didn't. Didn't correct it. It didn't set anything straight. In fact, it made it even worse because they were aware of the problem by that time. And they chose not to fix anything. So that's actually what happened. And th those are my actual complaints. If you want to fix the problem, if you're like a Jehovah's Witness elder, you want to correct it, put in the book explicitly and directly, call the police. If you hear of any case of somebody being mistreated or, you know, CSA or whatever, call the cops. This is a crime, not a sin. You aren't investigators. 
your Jehovah's Witness elders. Call the cops. That's how they could fix it. But I think two or three additions and or addendums past the 1990s version of the book, and we're, it's still not there. Still not in the handbooks. Anyway, thank you for the call. Basically, the point that I'm trying to get at here is that, you know, people, there was a loophole in Jehovah's Witness procedure, a loophole that could easily be fixed by the congregation, but the secular world pointed this loophole out that people were using to abuse people around them. And instead of just fixing the loophole, Jehovah's Witness, you know, governing body members said, Jehovah never told us to fix the loophole, so I guess I'm just not fixing the loophole. That's the issue, really. Hey, Owen. Uh, this is Cole. I'm from Texas. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and I just have a couple questions for you. First off, what was the weirdest lesson that you were taught as a Jehovah's Witness, right? Like, what was the weirdest sermon or lesson or whatever that you were told by your parents or by leaders at the Kingdom Hall or whatever? Like, what was the weirdest lesson that you were taught? Okay, well, let me pause there. We'll get to the second one in, in just a minute. Uh, the weirdest lesson I was ever taught, honestly, I think, all right, well, there are, like, weird urban legends that I could mention with Jehovah's Witnesses, and then there are, like, weird biblical beliefs. So first, the weird urban legend is this belief that a Smurf doll came to life sometime in the 80s. It was a doll that was in a little girl's you know, backpack or whatever, she comes to the Kingdom Hall, this Smurf doll comes to life, crawls out of her bag, and runs out of the Kingdom Hall, screaming and swearing the whole way, because Jehovah's light was too bright for it, and Smurfs are evil. Jehovah's Witnesses believed that for a while, and when I was little, I was told about the Smurf story. In fact, any Jehovah's Witness that was alive in the 80s or 90s, or even 2000s, has probably heard the Smurf story to... In, in some form, to some degree. And it's just a really weird story to hear. Like, where did it come from? How did it start? And why did people continue to perpetuate it? It's just bizarre. Anyways, the weirdest teaching I think that they have is that Jehovah is God's name. That's really ass backwards. Like, Jays didn't even exist until the 1400s. To claim that Jehovah is God's name is just a confusing mess. Then there's also, um, it, it's Yahweh. Yahweh is God's name in the Bible, actually. There's also the rule about not touching yourself. And if you do, then you'll turn gay. That's in a book called Young People Ask, I think. It was the, the edition from the 1980s and 90s. It was a red book. And uh, I actually read that book when I was younger. Um, I was expected to read some form of that book, some version or edition of it. Yeah, that was a really weird book. Maybe I should read through that section on my Telltale Reads YouTube channel. That could be interesting. But anyways, yeah, those are some really weird teachings that they had. Thank you uh, for the question. Uh, let's listen to the next one here. He had a second part. And secondly, um, how do you find the material that you use to make your hour to hour long podcast every week on top of the countless different uh, YouTube videos that you post, you know, week after week after week. Because I personally think it's really impressive how you manage to find that much content to post so many videos about and so many podcast episodes about. So like, how do you find that content that you use to make the podcast and the videos and stuff like that? Because again, I think it's really impressive. And yeah, that's about it. Uh, love what you do. Keep it up. And yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. 
Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Really interesting question. Um, how do I find all the content? Well, I know that I can talk about something for for each minute of something that I have. I can talk about it for three minutes, basically. So if I have five minutes worth of material, like five minutes worth of clips and stuff, I can talk about it for 25 minutes, roughly. I can talk about it for 20 minutes and then the five minutes of watching. So 25 minutes total. I get about five or six minutes of clips together on the podcast night. Actually, I do this days before. I put them all into a compilation and then I talk about them over the course of like a, a few hours. I'm supposed to do 30 minutes per video, which condenses down into eight tenths of its original amount. So a 30 minute video will end up being about 24 minutes, give or take. I just cut out the ums and uhs and stuff like that. I also have a, like a massive backlog of clips that I've collected over the years. And I remember that, like, I have, like, a photographic memory. I know exactly what people said two years ago on this date or whatever. Like, I remember Hank Kuhneman rapping for Jesus years ago. This is from uh, late December 2021. Kuhneman raps about Jesus. By the way, all of my clips are available on my website, omorgan.com slash clips. Just go there, omorgan.com, and click YouTube clips in the corner. You can see all of them. It's on Dropbox. Not selling you anything. It's free. Let's rap together. Are you ready? Play me some rap music. Where's this going to go? You don't even know how to rap, do you? Do, you? do you even know how to rap? Oh, yeah. I want you to know as we go that there is something that is true all about you. You see, 2022, it shall be known to be true. So this is the very end of uh, 2021. Yeah, hey, I'm talking to you. And the devil shall be bound and brought under your feet to the ground. So the point is, I remember everything. Like, I have a memory that goes all the way back. I remember the time that Marjorie Taylor Greene, in a secret meeting, told people that she intends to shoot anybody coming to her door to uh, offer vaccines. Again, this was, this was from a secret meeting that was given to somebody, I'm not exactly sure who, uh, some you know lobbyist group or something, early August 2021. And one more thing on that, you lucky people here in Alabama might get a knock on your door because I hear Alabama might be one of the most unvaccinated states in the nation. <laughs> well, Joe Biden wants to come talk to you guys. He's going to be sending one of his police state friends uh, to your front door to knock on the door, take down your name, your address, your family members' names, your phone numbers, your cell phone numbers, probably ask for your social security number and whether you've taken the vaccine or not. Yeah, well, what they don't know is in the South, we all love our Second Amendment rights. And we're not real big on strangers showing up on our front door, are we? So basically her saying that, you know, these people should, you, you know, take out any vaccine workers, basically, is what she's saying. So anyway, I have a photographic memory for this stuff. I remember all of it. Every clip that I have ever played on my podcast, I remember it every single one main channel or podcast for the past seven years and i 
kind of draw links between different things. So when I, you know, go to like right wing watch Twitter account, which is usually where I find a lot of my stuff, I go to either Hemet Meta's Twitter account, click on media, just go through some of his stuff, or I go to right wing watches uh, Twitter account. You have a whole bunch of good stuff. You know, Pete Santilli is the focus right now. Lauren Witzke. see Lance Walna. This is uh, Julie Green. Or I go to Ron Filipkowski. He's fantastic. He talks a lot about like Donald Trump or uh, Mike Lindell. Julie Green talks about her a lot, too. I mean, there are a varying number of subjects that he covers. Uh, this is John Voigt. This is Julia Roberts' father. Either Julia Roberts or Angelina Jolie. I don't. It's one of them. I think it's Angelina Jolie in retrospect. Anyways, those are usually the three that I go to. And anytime I find a clip of somebody saying something from one of these Twitter accounts, I remember all the way back. Every video that I have ever played from these people, I remember them. And I look at the links and think about like the, the ideas that they've espoused and the positions that they've held over time and where they've moved and all kinds of stuff like that. Trump is up against and who's trying to take down the United States of America. This is Pete Santilli on his TV show. The first clip I ever covered by Pete Santilli was in 2021, I believe. And it was Pete Santilli talking to Deanna Lorraine, basically saying vaccines have graphene oxide and 5G is going to activate on your phones and it's going to take out a million people. Yep, sure enough. This is the first video uh, that I ever did on him. This was early August 2021. The people now that are learning more about the adverse impact of getting vaccinated, they're having mm -hmm. regrets about it because we're hearing about this shedding uh that's yeah. going on and the vaccine shedding the shedding and and also this is all completely made up there is no vaccine shedding not for the mrna vaccine they have no idea what they're talking about oh um the 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 activation of the graphene oxide is actually there's no graphene oxide in the vaccine either never was they're sitting there dormant but if it gets energized by something like 5g it and 5g already exists in the united states and it did at that time too it actually kills all the cells around it. That is so crazy to me. I mean, can you imagine if they just like activate and said, oh, all right, a million people are going to be gone. Like, just live in a fantasy land 24 seven. Um, but here's something else interesting. This person in the corner here in this Pete Santilli video, this first one I saw on right wing watch, I've done a video not about her, but with her in it. I can even remember her being in videos. Check this one out. This one was Pete Santilli. I believe he was directly calling to destroy Pfizer. He wanted somebody to, in his audience, to go to Pfizer's headquarters and attack it directly. And this one was on February, early February 2023. This one was a more recent one. See? There she is. I have a photographic memory for this stuff, dude. I remember this stuff like the back of my hand, I'm telling you. So basically, I find these clips that we talk about and I think about like the past things that these people have said and connect it into a big narrative and talk about where they've moved, you know, politically or ideologically and talk about, you know, the people connected to them and 
when they're talking to these people and when they're not and stuff like that. It's all very, I don't know. It's really complex. And I've been trying to teach Alpha Force Zero how to do some of this stuff. But how do you teach somebody, you know, that depth of knowledge after watching, you know, 5,000 clips over the course of like years? This, that's just something that you have to get in there and do. So anyway, yeah, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate that. And hopefully that shed some light. Oh, and as far as my unfiltered videos go, uh, so that was my fireside chat. And I just talk about whatever on my main channel, as long as it's religion related. As far as my unfiltered channel goes, I actually have a list of, you know, various different YouTube channels or, you know, whatever that I go to, just extremist stuff. I go to Greg Locke's website pretty often. I have a, a tab here, a group on Chrome. So I'll peruse through Greg Locke's services, watch some of them. If there's some crazy interview that I want to watch, I'll pick that one out. And again, every minute of footage I watch, I get about three minutes of commentary out of it. So one hour of Flashpoint footage, like this TV show. On the shoot. Talking about the one hour of this will get me three to four hours of footage. Uh, that's generally how I do it. So anyway, yeah, hopefully that shed some light on it. I appreciate the, uh, the voicemails. are an interesting question. Yeah, you guys wouldn't believe what I've been doing for the past five hours. It's ridiculous. Uh, so I got, um, I don't know if you guys heard of this before, but Chaya Raychik, the creator of Libs of TikTok, the Twitter account, the stochastic terrorist Twitter, uh, Twitter account, wrote a, a children's book called No More Secrets. And in this book, she basically says, being gay or trans is like a sweet cupcake that everybody wants that's quite tantalizing. But you must resist eating this cupcake. It's so important that you don't go anywhere near this cupcake because it's evil, basically. Well, there's a publisher that published that book. It's called Brave Books, right? And it was created by uh, Kirk Cameron originally. And I went through Brave Books. I've been reading a bunch of those books, those children's right-wing extremist propaganda books. I've been going through them on my Telltale Reads YouTube channel. Link's in the description if you want to take a look. But uh, I went through some e-books. Well, here's the thing. Some of the craziest books that they produce are not available in e-book form. So what I did was I went out and I purchased physical copies of these books. This one's by Sean Spicer, The Parrots Go Bananas. I bought physical copies of these books and I took the binding off of them and scanned them all in directly so that I can show them, like, read them live on air. You have no idea how much of a pain in the ass that was and how long it took. Holy shit. This is uh, Chaya Raychik's book, a Libs of TikTok book. This is, um, uh, yeah, took the binding off of this one too. This is the first one I did it with, so it's kind of jagged and messed up, but I did my best. By the end of it, I got a lot better at it. Let's see. Then there's Kirk Cameron's book. I swear, I spent five hours doing this. I hope you guys appreciate the work I put into this. <laughs> this one is uh, Kirk Cameron's As You Grow. This one is apparently a, like a, a, just kind of a general pro-Jesus message, which... You know, I'm not really opposed to the message in some of these. It's just they, they live in such a fantasy land that they're putting these out because they believe that they're fighting the left or something. It's nuts. Uh, this one is Freedom Day, the Asher Way. I haven't read this. This is by Dinesh D'Souza, and it's supposed to be something like 
a Jewish fox takes advantage of everybody financially and he learns his lesson not to like take advantage of people I don't know for sure I'm gonna have to go through it but like I said if you want to see some of this it's on my Telltale Reads YouTube channel so just go to Telltale Reads uh, it's in the description and I'll be reading each and every one of these over the next like few weeks I've already gone through Elephants Are Not Birds, then anti-trans message. Um, that one was done by Jack Posobiec, or Posobiec, I think, or something. I don't remember who did all of these, but they're all famous. Activist Mommy did one, Little Lives Matter, which is apparently an anti-abortion message. Uh, I did that one on my main channel. Pause Off My Hand Cannon. That one was a pro-gun message for children. This is for, like, five-year-old kids. Seriously, it's nuts, dude. Nuts. Anyway. Yeah, check it out. I have um, pause off my hand cannon. All of this can be accessed on my website. Just type in like brave books or something and they will all come up. It's owenmorgan.com if you want to check the website for it. But anyways, uh, yeah, pause off my hand cannons on my main channel. All the rest are on my Telltale Reads channel. So check that out if you're interested. I think that's all of them. Oh, there was an anti-communist one too called Freedom Island. No, called The Fight for Freedom Island free ice cream or something and it's just crazy dude it's all crazy oh 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 yeah i also got one from steven crowder the steven crowder one is deranged as you would expect um i forget i don't know where i put the steven crowder one but again i I saved copies of all of these so they are all on my computer here unfortunately it would be illegal for me to make them publicly available so i cannot send a copy of any of these to my like owenmorgan.clip or owenmorgan.com slash clips usually i upload everything i ever talk about there but i can't do that with these that would be illegal so try to do everything above board to the best of my ability but this one is a steven crowder book beautiful differences and they talk about diversity and literally everybody in the book is like white so I, I don't know. I guess the difference is between kids with red hair and blonde hair and dark hair. I Who knows? I have no clue. But anyway, it's just crazy, dude. You just got to read this stuff. You have to read it. So come to my uh, Reads YouTube channel. Read it with me. It's, it's unhinged stuff. Oh, check it out. I got this humongous heckin' poster from... Uh, you remember I was talking about Brave Books? Yeah, I got this poster with the Brave Books orders that I got. It's huge. It's like a gigantic wall poster. I, don't, I can't show it all, probably, but I'll post a picture of it later. It's uh, it's Freedom Island. It's got all kinds of places on it. It's ridiculous. It's got uh, Wigamore Woods, Ferenzi Park, Tokatoke. I hate glossy paper, dude. It's like chewing on tinfoil for me, touching glossy paper. I, I can't stand it. Anytime I go to a conference or like a, a theme park or anything at all, I always have Alpha Force Zero carry the uh, guide for me because I just I can't stand to touch glossy things. Got Hive Haven, Wizard's Way, Meltonville, Nogard Cavern, Shivermore, Cabal Island, Cabal Island, Temple of the Serpent. Oh my God, dude! Seriously, they've got Cabal Island on this. Uh, if you guys don't know what the cabal is, if you've never heard that term before, Marjorie Taylor Greene likes to call it the cabal or the cable because she doesn't know the origins of the term. The cabal 
the phrase here. You can probably see Cabal Island there. Yeah, you can see. There you go. Cabal Island. The Cabal is a term all the way back from, God, I don't even know. It, it may be 500, even 1,000 years old. I'm not sure how old it is. But it's been around a long time. It or, or it originates from the phrase or from the, the movement or the whatever called Kabbalah. It's a Jewish mysticism thing where they kind of get into, uh, I don't know, it's like astrology for Jews, basically, from my understanding. I haven't really looked into it much, but the origin is Kabbalah. It is, that is where the term Kabbal comes from, and it's a very deeply anti-Semitic term that people may not even realize how anti-Semitic the term Kabbal is, but yeah, apparently on this Freedom Island poster, they have Cabal Island. God, these people are nuts. Kabbalah Mystic Judaism, right. Or Kaaba Mystic Judaism, okay. 1,400 years, interesting. Kabbal Island sounds dope AF, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Madonna was all about it for a while, was she? Kabbalah, pretty interesting. Budman Buds, I met a German World War II soldier in my youth. He said... You not only need to stand up for others' humanity, but for your own to defeat fascism. No really does that second part now. No one really does that second part now, do they? Dems and left allow personal attacks and don't fight for their own dignity. That's an interesting point you bring up. And it's complicated because, you know, there's an offense and there's a defense position. And if you're on the defense, the best decision is to shut your mouth. Don't say a word. Usually, because talking about it or defending yourself or whatever brings more attention to it. So when you're on a public st like platform, when you're on a stage in front of thousands, tens of thousands, millions, like I am, for example, or, you know, politicians or whatever, when people are on a public platform or in the public eye, more generally, if they're being attacked, you need to shut up or you need to attack somebody back but never acknowledge the attacks being slung at you. That's media PR 101. You don't want to be on the defensive is the thing. You just don't want to be on the defensive because you're on a back foot and it's a lot harder to defend yourself in that situation. People are more likely to believe the accusations than to believe that you're innocent. That's generally why you don't want to defend yourself in, in most situations. Sometimes you should. It just kind of depends. Anyway, that was a really interesting point. I appreciate the super chat and uh, bringing that up. Uh, it's complicated. PR is so complicated. I didn't even realize until, you know, I got involved in PR to some degree inadvertently. Budman Buds, welcome. TBH, been watching you for over two years. No way. That's crazy. Always liked your insights, but cursing turned me off, but stuck it out. Glad I did. You do your, uh, you do your best. I appreciate that. Yeah, I try not to swear. Honestly, there's no point in swearing. I, if I can't communicate my point without swears, I'm not a very good orator. I really need to be better about that. But sometimes I feel like swears kind of drive a point home really succinctly. And so on occasion, I will swear for emphasis, you know, to, to make a, a really important point. But I should just stop. I should just stop swearing entirely. Next, we're going to talk about a church claiming to regrow missing limbs, and when called on it, telling the news, we have evidence, we just don't feel like showing it is all. We'll be right back. 
Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Um, I'm less interested in improving to people what I know God did than I am in protecting sheep who are vulnerable. This is a guy from, he's one of the leaders of, I think, James River Church. Yeah, James River Church is the name of it. <clears throat> he made a media splash last week or a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure exactly when. For claiming to regrow toes. He prayed to God that this woman's missing toes would regrow. And right there in front of everybody... The toes regrew. She took her shoes and socks off, and everybody watched as they regrew right in front of him. That's what he claimed. And when called on it, naturally, he said, I have the evidence. I recorded it. I just don't want to show it to you right now. So let's talk about this guy. As it turns out, I'd never heard of James River Church before. It is an incredibly influential church. I had no idea. But the people that speak there are so integrated into evangelical culture and beliefs, you wouldn't even know it. I'll tell you about it as we get there. We'll get there. Just check this out. This is the woman whose supposed toes were supposedly amputated. Mid-March 2023, she says this. So I had three toes that were amputated in a, in a terrible accident. I heard the word for creative miracles, and I thought, well, I certainly have a creative miracle that I might need. I need three toes to grow back. The person next to me said, do you want new toes? And I was like, well, sure. All the women got down and they prayed over my foot and I decided to take my shoe off to see what was happening when he said, let's see the progress or if anything's happened. And when I did. She's just not telling the truth. Seems to me intentionally deceiving people around her to try to, what, bring them into the religion or make them believe that she, like, experienced some miracle or something? This is just garbage. She is lying to people right now. How does she justify this? You know, there's something called an ends justify the means mentality, right? A lot of different religions have some form of this. Like, Scientology has fair gaming for Scientology. Jehovah's Witnesses have theocratic warfare, the idea that you can lie, cheat, manipulate, or steal, or whatever, if it's in service to God, and by extension, the pastor of the church, or in Jehovah's Witnesses' case, the governing body, or in Scientology's case, David Miscavige or L. Ron Hubbard. If it's in service to them, lying, cheating, and manipulating is okay. And it seems to me that's what this woman is doing right now. She's lying, knowingly, I would guess, because they're, they're her toes, they didn't grow back, knowingly lying in an effort to, what, convince people to join their church or something? Callously preying on the emotions of the emotionally vulnerable in an effort to take advantage of them. Does it get lower than this? This would be illegal if it weren't in a religious context. If she was trying to shill a new product to investors, which honestly is kind of what's happening here, she's trying to sell them something that doesn't exist so that they will invest in their church, donate to them. If this wasn't a religious context, if she's just convincing investors of something, this would be against the law and she would sit in jail for the rest of her life for defrauding people. But because it's religious, she can lie to her heart's content. Not just her either. It's the other big players. She's just a pawn in this game. We'll get to the big players in a second. Three toes 
that were forming and now there's length to them. Tonight, I can stand on my tippy toes. Listen, do you understand? I can stand on tippy toes. No, I couldn't do that because I didn't have toes to tippy on. <laughs> All right, come on, let's bless the Lord. He's Jehovah Rapha. Lord, we praise you. So these people, like I said, you may not be familiar with this guy. Wow, he knows how to squint. This is expert squinting, right? I've been squinting my whole life, but I'm still really only like an amateur. It's just a hobby for me. I don't do it professionally. This guy looks like he's been professionally squinting his entire life. Wow. Anyway, the point here is these people are all like part of a like a religious movement that you may not have even heard of but is so incredibly influential and integrated into every aspect of society. Seriously, it's crazy how well-connected these people are. So this is James River Church, right? And they are connected to this guy right here, who's who, who I want to talk about next. This is Bill Johnson, and as it turns out, he is the creator, owner, the leader, anyways, of Bethel school of the supernatural again this is something you may not have heard of but cat kerr helped write the curriculum for this school like a lot of really high up evangelical leaders went to this school if you will it's not even really a school it's just like an indoctrination camp they went to this thing to teach them to like be ministers and be evangelical nutter butters and stuff like that. Actually, no people who escaped this school. It's basically like a compound. It's a campus that they live on 24-7, and they're groomed for leadership positions later in like ministries and, and you know churches and stuff like that. So this guy leads Bethel School of the Supernatural. That means he's connected to just about every televangelist that I have ever talked about on any of my channels, like deeply connected to them. That's how influential these people are. So not only did this guy right here, who I think is the leader of the Ch James River Church, this guy's the leader of Bethel School Supernatural. I think this guy right here, the squinter, expert squinter over here, is the leader of James River Church. Now for what it's worth, he said that God's name is Jehovah something. He's Jehovah Rapha. I don't know who Rapha is, but God's name is not Jehovah. Never was, never will be. Jays didn't even exist in the Old Testament. They didn't exist until the 1400s. The Tetragrammaton, the four letters that represent God's name, were Y-H-W-H originally. Scholars' best guess is that it was pronounced Yahweh. They didn't have vowels in the language at the time. They added vowels later, but that's a story for a different day. So let's listen to Bill Johnson here claim to have special powers to regrow limbs and cure illnesses and all kinds of other stuff. Late March 2023. Uh, this is at James River Church. He comes out here and he says this. This is, by the way, this is the start of a serious media frenzy that overtook this church. So, um, so I was, I was in this, when the meeting was over, this gal came up to me. She's, she, her first words. She walks up to me, she goes, the voice has stopped. I went, okay, what do you mean? Tell, you know, explain to me what's going on. She said, I've had bipolar for, I don't forget how many years. And, she's, and her issue was there was constantly voices and it was uh, obviously a tormenting thing for her. 
Okay, so uh, first of all, it's disgusting to me that this guy would even suggest that he's capable of curing bipolar disorder. And second, my mom, my brother, my dad, my kid's mom, my friend growing up all had bipolar disorder. Almost everybody I've ever been close to in my entire life has had bipolar disorder. I grew up around two people that had bipolar disorder. So I know a lot about this condition, though I don't have it myself. I've never heard of anybody ever telling me that they have voices, like actual auditory hallucinations from bipolar disorder. Now, from my understanding, I think it's possible, but it has to be exceedingly rare. For what it's worth, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder are on the same spectrum, and auditory and visual hallucinations are a symptom of schizophrenia. So, I, you know, I guess it's not impossible. It, it's just super rare. Anyways, it's simply disgusting to me that this guy would claim to be able to or claim to have cured bipolar disorder from somebody. Okay, go on. She said, the voice has stopped. What do I do? And so, By the way, if you're not familiar with what bipolar disorder is, it used to be called manic depressive disorder. And People go through phases of mania and depression. The length of time between each phase varies from person to person. Some people will jump from depression to mania. It's like you're on coke is what it feels like and looks like. They'll jump between depression and a manic episode, you know, once every three days. Hell, some people jump between them once a day. I mean, it, that's not common at all, but I've heard that's happened to some people. More commonly, I think they jump between them every, I don't know, 10 days. Some people are six weeks. Some people are 12 months. It just kind of depends on the person. So my dad was every six weeks. They have this massive burst of energy they run around they want to spend all of their money they burn through their savings in a day they buy all of this stuff and they clean the house and they run around and do all this stuff and then they crash they fall to pieces they're in a deep depression they can't get out of bed for days at a time they don't want to shower they don't want to brush their teeth they don't want to do anything because they're so depressed and commonly they have periods in between where they're normal for the most part but it can be treated with lithium. That's what bipolar disorder is. Like I said, I've never heard of anybody having hallucinations with it, but I guess it's not impossible. What is impossible is this guy claiming to be capable of curing it. That's just straight up disgusting. By the way, BPD, commonly abbreviation for borderline personality disorder. And borderline and bipolar are two different things. Don't want to confuse them. She said, the voice has stopped. What do I do? And so the father then uh, walked up moments later, and he's a retired surgeon, and he said, what do I do? What, what do we do now that this has happened? And it was... Retired surgeon didn't know how to cure this person's bipolar disorder, but apparently this guy right here, Bill Johnson, leader of Bethel School of the Supernatural, can cure bipolar disorder, something that's not curable, something that is only treatable. This is just wrong, right? Is it just me? This is just straight up wrong. What do we do now that this has happened? And it was like two weeks later, the father, he just walks up. I didn't recognize him, but he just walks up to me and he says, I have my daughter back. And the Lord had, uh, had healed her of bipolar during worship. Just disgusting, dude. A disgusting thing to say. And of course, there's no proof for any of this. 
Did they go to a doctor to have any of this verified? Of course they didn't. You know, all we need is a single example of proof. That's it. And instantly, you got believers all over the world. Just show us proof. Real, verifiable proof. Well, interestingly enough, there was a media frenzy surrounding this whole thing that they made all these claims. That that woman claimed to have her toes regrown and everything. And that question was posed to the leader of James River Church. Late March 2023, he comes out here and addresses that question, funny enough. Listen to this. As you know, there's been quite a furor uh, on social media. A what? A furor? A furor? Never heard that word. As you know, there's been quite a furor uh, on social media relative to the girl with the toes. And because her miracle is real, it's genuine. Uh, people are saying, well, if it's genuine, why aren't you, why aren't you doing anything with it to public? Yeah, yeah, show us. That's it. Instant believers. That's all we need. Just show us. You have permanent believers in God. If you could just show us a little bit of evidence, I'll take anything, anything other than personal testimony. You had cameras in the room, didn't you? Show me anything at all. With it to publicize it. Yeah. Verifiable and repeatable, please. Thing with it to publicize it. There's a couple of reasons that I want to say to you. First of all, um, I'm less interested in proving to people what I know God did than I am in protecting sheep who are vulnerable. Okay, what, do, what do sheep have to do with any of it? What's he talking about? Sheep? I don't understand. Just prove it. I'm just looking for evidence. Please give me evidence. Verifiable, repeatable evidence. The news leader asked if we would uh, come. News leader. And they had followed things on social media. And I've, I'm just going to say it as kindly as I know how to. Okay, lay it on me, bud. Um, they have had a repeated history. Who is they? Are they in the room with us right now? Of not only a general bias against evangelical Christianity, but a targeted bias against James River. Hey, if it's repeatable, if it's provable, it shouldn't matter who has a bias. Prove us wrong. Prove the skeptics wrong. Show us we're fools. I want to know that I'm a fool. Please, if you're right, I want to be right too. Lay it on me. You ever notice they never present the proof like this? Used to be a time when they wouldn't dare claim to regrow limbs like that. Such a brazen, ridiculous claim. Very obviously verifiable claim that, you know, you go to the doctor and pull medical records. See, this person didn't have an arm six months ago. Now they do have an arm. This is objectively verifiable information. There was a time when they were not as brazen as to claim they could regrow limbs. Well, we're long past that. They know they can get people to believe anything if they claim it enough. I just felt like, you know what? I'm not going to talk to somebody, to an agency that has a history of not being um, unbiased. Okay, well, will you show it to your church? You can come out here and play the video for us. You don't have to talk to this news organization. Don't even bother. Talk to us. Talk to me. Send the data through this stream that we have going on right now. Would you be surprised to find he never sent anything out? He never tried to prove anything? It was all made up all along. And when called on that, when asked for the proof, he says, I just don't feel like it right now is all. Biased. What I want to assure you of is it's real.
It's real. It's real. It's real. It's real. Say it enough times, you'll convince yourself of anything. I just need proof. That's it. So, um, it is a legitimate miracle, and, you know, we can provide the kind of proof that would be necessary. People have asked, have you seen pictures of the toast? I have. So Great. Show them to me. You ever noticed he never wants to show it to anybody? He just wants to tell you that he's seen it. In this age of cameras in everybody's pocket, cameras around every blade of grass practically, and you're telling me you haven't caught a single miracle on camera that we can verify and repeat? So I've seen the picture uh, of the toes. Let me say this, and we just, I read your testimony tonight. Not every miracle will be validated by medical science. Then it's not a miracle. If it's not validated by medical science, it's not real. If you're claiming to me that somebody's toes were regrown by God and medical science says they were not regrown, that's just not a miracle. Either the toes were regrown or they were not. And honestly, right now, it seems like you're just straight up bald face lying to me right now. I know that you have like a PhD or something at this point in squinting. Like, this guy is, I've never seen an expert, like, to this level. This is truly incredible. Just, my God, dude, they're so tiny, but you can tell that they're slightly open just a little bit. Dude's an expert in at least one thing, squinting, but certainly not in miracles. Completely made up, all of it. But, you know, for what it's worth, televangelists have been providing proof for a while now. This on screen here is a guy named Perry Stone. He's a televangelist. And on the right is a guy named Nick Walker. So here's why Nick Walker is notable. You've probably heard of Perry Stone because I've talked about him a few times on my channel. Nick Walker I've talked about also, but not very often. In Huntington, West Virginia, there was a revival that took place at a school. Now that's not fantastic, but I guess technically not illegal. What is illegal, though, is forcing students to attend, which is what happened. Nick Walker held revivals at multiple schools in Huntington, West Virginia area, and attendance was mandatory. They had to go. That's against the law. So that's who Nick Walker is, and he went on with Perry Stone to talk about something pretty interesting. This relates back to regrowing limbs and faith healing and stuff like that. So listen to what they had to say to each other. Late July 2021. Check this out. So, Nick, uh, it's good to have you here. Honor so to be I here, want you brother. to share with me about two of the, of the greatest miracles you've seen that you... One of these, there's actually x-rays, right? Uh no. It's going to be fake. He's about to tell us something completely fake. Oh, yeah. We have scans and x-rays. Scans and x-rays, pet scans, the whole nine yards. Yes. When we baptize... No. No. They don't, actually. It's made up. I'll get to it in a second. I can't, I can't stop myself from responding. It's made up. When we baptized him in water, he also had a withered hand. He had nerve damage in his hand mm -hmm. that was so bad that he could not use it. We, we sent Charlie the x-rays, too, for, the, for his hand. And then uh, wow. you've seen in infants how the gaps between the, the bones, they have to grow into those gaps, mm -hmm. you know. And the infants will have them on top of their head and in between all the joints will, and growth plates. Well, this young man had gaps in between all of his knuckles, mm. all the joints in his hands and fingers. So he couldn't and use his hand? He could not use his hand. As he told me, he couldn't remember the last time he had moved it. Mm. And so as soon as his head come wow. out of the water, 
his hand was loosed and he began and to, everybody saw this now everybody saw this my, my inconvenient everybody saw this except for a doctor right a doctor didn't take note of this or record the data or any of that it was just a bunch of giga religious nutter butters who are already primed to believe this stuff okay go on my pastor was there who my spiritual coverings under he was there well, after, now this is on a Sunday after church. He walks to the hospital as this is relayed to me. He walked. Fantastic. Hey, he's going to give us proof, right? We're going to get some proof for this. Okay. This is what I want. I want proof. If you give me some, I'm a believer like that. Just give me some proof. Okay. Go on. Relayed to me. He walks to the hospital and he walks in. And he says, I want rescanned. I want you to rescan mm -hmm. me because God has healed me. Well, he right. said, I don't think it. you understand. I've been healed and I want, I want. To have it documented. I want to know. Yes. Great. That's what everybody needs. Proof. Okay. So the doctor said, well, how about you let me x-ray that hand? And if your hand has any kind of difference, then we'll do the PET scan. He said, fine. He held his hand. I said, fine, do it. So they x-rayed his hand and they, what they found, and this is on the before and the after that he sent me, was that the Lord had totally realigned his bones, closed the gaps, and Okay, so we're finally getting some evidence here, right? Well, here's where it gets interesting. Hemant Mehta did a reverse image search on this picture right here that they threw up as the evidence and discovered that this was from a completely unrelated scientific article that was written. Like, it wasn't even from a story about any of this stuff. It was from a scientific study where, I don't even remember what it was now, but it was from some scientific study. And Hemant Mehta called them on this in a tweet thread, posted, hey, here's the scientific article that I know you guys pulled that picture from because I just did a reverse image search on it. And when they saw that, they deleted the whole thread from Twitter. Like they, they wrote a whole Twitter thread about like how this guy's hand was healed and they posted that picture on it, deleted the whole thing. Of course, when they're called on this, they back out. They pretend they never said it or they just ignore you completely. They couldn't ignore Hemant Mehta. He's got like, I don't know, 400,000 subbies on the twit or something like that. At a certain point, you can't ignore people yelling at you that you're lying. You have to address it. Well, they had to address this one and their method of addressing it was deleting it completely. When they offer evidence, it is fake, fake evidence. These people lied to their listeners' faces and somehow they still have a ministry. This is probably, I, I would be comfortable saying, it's another example of theocratic warfare. People believing that lying, cheating, or manipulating is justified if it's in service to God. And what is in service to God? Anything I want it to be. Anything I do, because I'm a man of God. Anything that I do is furthers God's goals. So I'm allowed to lie, cheat, steal and manipulate as much as I want because I work for God. It's a convenient little sidestep they have set up here to allow themselves to act like scumbags and still believe that they're going to heaven at the end of it. Honestly ridiculous. The Lord had totally realigned his bones, closed the gaps. Obviously completely fake story, right? I feel I've established that completely now. And then in other scans, which I didn't have those other scans, but in the other scans, they found that the nerve... He didn't have any scans. None of these are from this supposed guy. 
the scans, but in the other scans, they found that the nerves were actually restored and he was able to use his hand again. And even the, the hand looked crooked. And then the x-ray is it shows how the Lord had put oh his wow, realigned his bones. And so, so his hand was so restored. What happened with the cancer? The, so the doctor said, I've never seen anything like this. There was no doctor. There was none of this. It was all completely made up. And of course, they retract the story when they're called on it. There should be more severe consequences for this. You know, when people lie to donors, when they fabricate stories to get them emotional and make them donate more, they can be put in jail for that, for fraud, for defrauding investors. But because it's a religion, it's protected. They use religion as a protective shield for their scams. They should be subject to government regulation. When they lie and scam people out of every penny they own, they should face consequences for it. I believe in the UK, I think, it's against the law to claim that you're capable of curing cancer if you're not actually capable of curing cancer. We need more laws like that in the US, honestly. It should be against the law. I mean, it is already against the law to claim that some product cures something when it doesn't. Like uh, colloidal silver, Jim Baker famously claimed colloidal silver cures COVID. And oh my God, he almost got sued completely out of existence over that one. There should be more stringent, strict laws on this. Faith healing should be regulated out of existence because it's nonsense and it gets people killed, genuinely. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. I think these people have no moral bottom whatsoever. And that goes for all of them. Nick Walker, Perry Stone, and James River Church and everybody at it, including Bill Johnson, this guy right here, and Kat Kerr, who is involved in other projects that Bill Johnson is involved in. And this woman with supposedly only seven toes. And this master squinter. I hope that they all face justice for lying to people to the degree that they have. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about how the Republican Party moved from being publicly opposed to book banning to publicly in favor of it in less than a year. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. They are banning Dr. Seuss books. How much more do you need to see before all of America wakes up and goes, this is fascism? Oh, I love it, dude. This is Glenn Beck. If you're unfamiliar, he's a famous far-right bomb thrower, if you will. He owns the Blaze TV, I, I think. Uh, he, Yeah, he's the like the founder and leader of the Blaze, isn't he? It's like a conservative talk show kind of network or whatever. Steven Crowder was on it until recently. We got Steve Deese and a bunch of other famous extremists. This guy is a Mormon, as it turns out. Well, anyways, back in 2021, when this video came out, early March 2021 originally, there was a culture war issue over Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head. Okay, so Dr. Seuss, the company that owns the intellectual property, decided that they weren't going to continue print of some old 1940s, 1950s, you know, Dr. Seuss books. They were old and out of date and just, you know, they had some racist stuff in them that was kind of weird and questionable. So why even continue publishing? Like, people aren't even buying these, to my knowledge, anyways. Not 
in any kind of serious numbers. So there's no real point, right? The right melted down over this. Oh my God, they lost their minds. And around the same time, the company that owns Mr. Potato Head as like a you know an intellectual thing, the, the company that sells Mr. Potato Head was called Mr. Potato Head. And they changed their name from Mr. Potato Head to Potato Head. The company changed the name. They didn't change the name of the product, the doll or whatever it is. It was just a company changing their name. So we have an example of a company changing their name and another company choosing not to continue publishing an old book from like the 40s or the 50s. And Glenn Beck seems to believe that this is fascism. Super fascinating to hear from somebody in a political party that is actively, right now, banning books en masse, particularly in Florida. Anyway, let's listen to the rest of this clip, see what else he had to say about fascism. And then we're going to talk about Ron DeSantis and others banning books and the bizarre path that these people are going down right now and how quickly it turned from claiming book banning is fascism to advocating for book banning. Continue listening. This is early March 2021. This is fascism. This is fascism. You don't destroy books. Such a fascinating take for a Republican to have right now, right? 2021, this was an acceptable thing to say. 2023, no longer. What is wrong with us, America? Go out and buy those books today. Find out if you can get them. Buy Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Because it's the end of an era. It is the end of freedom in America. The end of freedom. He says it's the end of freedom in America. Because a company changed their name from Mr. Potato Head to Potato Head. Because they don't just sell Mr. Potato Head. They sell Mrs. Potato Head also scandalous i don't know exactly when it happened but there was some point in there somewhere where we moved from them talking about books you know book banning being bad to this kind of thing this is doug mastriano he was the gubernatorial candidate ran for governor in pennsylvania in the 2022 midterms he lost of course to the democrat but listen to what he said leading up to the election late october 2022 on day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing, and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Pole dancing in schools. Okay, go on. On day one, all the graphic, pornographic books that are in elementary schools will be, will be pulled out. There, that, that's not happening. That's completely made up. On day one and done, critical race theory is out the window. Yep. It's not even real. It, it, he has no idea what critical race theory even is. I mean, yes, it's a real thing, but he has no clue how it's used or what it's for. It's not in any schools below graduate level, below master's or Ph.D., basically. That's right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, that's where the Republican Party stands now. That's where they are now. In fact, I'm going to talk more about where the Republican Party is right now. 
But first, since you're talking about book banning and everything else and how evil it is, let's talk about what's happening in Florida right now. This is actually kind of difficult to find. You know why? Because Ron DeSantis, the current governor of Florida, has flooded the Google search engine optimization with his own stuff. Like he's trying to push his own pages to the very top of Google search rankings. So when I go to google.com and I just type in DeSantis book ban. So uh, Washington Post is the very top result, right? And that seems to be against book bans and against Ron DeSantis. It's, that's the top one. But just about everything past that is pro Ron DeSantis and pro book banning. Uh, Penn America, Florida book bans are no hoax. Here are the facts. Okay, that one is also seemingly apparently positive toward books and against book banning. But number three result, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, FLGOV.com. It's Ron DeSantis' website. Number three result. You have any idea how hard it is to get to the very top of a search rank, even on the first page of Google? This dude must have spent tens of thousands of dollars to get to the top results for DeSantis book banning SEO. That's crazy. And then just about everything after that is all pro DeSantis, pro book banning. You know, DeSantis fights book banning criticism in Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis, Florida banning books is a nasty hoax. Ron DeSantis addresses book ban controversy. I mean, it's all pro DeSantis stuff. Florida book ban hoax. DeSantis says Florida removing pornographic materials. I had to go down pretty far. I mean, NPR was the first one that I really clicked here. The first one that I really trusted. I mean, Washington Post is okay, but it's owned by Amazon. And so NPR is decent. So let's just look at the NPR article and see what it says about Ron DeSantis banning books en masse right now. Fun fact, I actually lived in Tampa, Florida for a couple of years with Alpha Force Zero, and it was actually, it was rough. It was rough living there. I didn't make much money and stuff, but anyways, that's right next to St. Petersburg and Clearwater. Clearwater is like the headquarters of Scientology. Anyway, that's what they're talking about in this article. Students in the St. Petersburg area are protesting a book ban imposed by a school district using a new state law. A new training video for librarians warns not to shelf books that could be challenged. This week, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called reports of book bans in Florida a hoax. But for one school district in Tampa Bay area, it's real. As Kerry Sheridan reports from member station WUSF, students have been fighting the removal of Toni Morrison's novel, The Bluest Eye. And a warning, the story contains mention of sexual violence. It was standing room only at the Pinellas County School Board meeting in mid-February. Near the door, sandwiched in with a crowd of students, was Largo High English teacher Heidi Arndt. There are like a ton of pictures of Florida libraries with bare shelves. It's disturbing. Here, here, here are just a few pictures of Florida of a Florida library with empty shelves. They had to remove basically everything because if they don't, they're at serious risk of repercussions from the governor. What was that? I'm trying to, it's on the tip of my tongue. What was it? They are banning Dr. Seuss books. How much more do you need to see before all of America wakes up and goes, this is fascism? They never cared. 
about Dr. Seuss being banned or books being banned. In fact, they're in favor of books being banned. I'm talking Republicans like Glenn Beck, Ron DeSantis, and all the others. They're in favor of it. They're just in favor of the books they don't like being banned. And, and I'm, I'm not even talking like explicitly bad books that really shouldn't be out there. I'm talking really vanilla books. George Takei's memoir, the book Mouse about somebody surviving the Holocaust, the book 1984 by George Orwell. The, all this stuff is explicitly banned in a lot of Florida districts and has not been approved by Ron DeSantis. The new law that he passed basically says he has to explicitly approve any books that go into certain libraries in certain contexts. So that way he's not technically banning books. He's banning everything. He's only approving what he wants. Heidi Arndt says, I feel like I'm living on the pages of a dystopian novel and it's a frightening time to be a teacher and there's a big slew of our students right there. She points to dozens of students filling the seats in the school board chambers waiting for their turn to speak. There is irony in banning books when so many of the greatest works of literature warn us of the repercussions of doing so. Andrew Larson, I believe that the decision to ban the book was made hastily and without proper procedures. Prisha Shurdiwala, even though others may not want to read this in public, as young humans, some of us who will be adults in less than a year, we are capable of engaging with these challenging ideas. Sheridan, those were high school students Hannah Hippolito, Andrew Larson, and Prisha Shurdiwala. At issue are two pages of The Bluest Eye, a novel first published in 1970. Those passages describe a father attacking his daughter. The parent who brought the complaint didn't come to this meeting. Instead, Michelle Still voiced her concerns in a YouTube video. Nemo Nova, Owen, did you hear about parents wanting the Bible to be banned? Sorry, can't remember the state and the writer losing their minds over it. Yeah, 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 I heard. There's a, a massive book ban right now, and as it turns out, the Bible is actually pretty bad. There are a few lines in there about, uh, let's see, Lot and his two daughters, I think. After they fled the city, the daughters wanted to make babies with them, basically, and it was pretty descriptive. Also, the book of Song of Solomon is pretty descriptive, like really descriptive. Oh, my God. Talk about pornographic books. Look no further than the Bible. Really. And Christians seem to be totally fine with that. They seem to have no problem with the fact that there's some stuff in that book in, in, in those multiple spots that's questionable at best. Maybe children should not be exposed to. They don't care. Never did. So there's this book. What was it? Blue Eyes, I think. The Bluest Eye. Okay. <laughs> not just Blue Eyes. It's the bluest ones. Anyways, The Bluest Eye has a, a section in there that's kind of questionable. Yeah. But the Bible is actually significantly worse than the bluest eye. Significantly. But they want their kids to read the Bible constantly. In fact, they don't care which section they read. They can read the really, really graphic sections if they want. I know I certainly had free reign to the Song of Solomon if I chose to read it. That stuff is really, really graphic. Nobody seemed to have a problem with it. It's when the books that they don't like exist in libraries that they decide to do something about it it's pure unadulterated hypocrisy all the way down they never cared about a book containing something questionable never cared about it never cared about the kids 
They cared about using kids to enact their political goals. That's it. People have always used children to their own political ends, to, uh, to accomplish their own political goals. Children are a really useful tool to use against your political enemies. And that's why we're watching the right do it right now. What happened to banning books as fascism? What happened to that? What happened to don't ban information? This is fascism! What happened to it? Unfortunately, the Republican Party is going completely off the deep end now. They don't have an interest in simply banning books that they don't really like or trust. You remember what our old buddy Doug Mastriano said, right? You know, if he had just left it at ban books that are explicitly and specifically intended to be pornographic, okay, maybe that shouldn't be in a classroom, I guess, whatever. But he didn't leave it there. That's not what's happening. On day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing, and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Dude thinks there's pole dancing happening in schools, or at least pretends to think that. That's what's happened to the Republican Party. They use the pretext that there's straight-up full-blown porn being put into school libraries, and they're just removing that, when that's simply not the case. Listen to Steve Deese, also a member of The Blaze, mid-March 2023. This is what Steve Deese had to say. A fellow host like Glenn Beck, basically, on the same network. Can you watch a program without, literally, live sporting event, news show, whether we're covering them, talking about them, promoting them? Can you listen to a podcast that doesn't include some reference to drag queens today? Okay, well... <laughs> I mean, I didn't bring that up until just now, to my knowledge, so there's that, and it's only because this guy is talking about it. Uh, sporting events? He thinks that drag queens are being brought up at, at sporting events? This is what I'm talking about. With the book banning stuff, it's all in their heads. All of it. They think everybody else is obsessed with, you know, what they're trying to ban or whatever. Like, nobody cares. Nobody else cares about drag queens. Nobody else cares about uh, this pornographic material in books or whatever. No one is looking for this stuff. Why are you so hyper-focused on it? It's like, it's a problem now, right? Like, what is going on with these people's heads? Is it possible? Anywhere. Pro or con. Are there sporting events that are not talking about drag queens? Is that what he just asked? Are there any that do? I mean, they're as mainstream as it gets. Even when RuPaul is saying, well, we're the ones that come in and groom the kids. Uh, that, that's what he means. I don't know who RuPaul is. I don't know even what he's talking about, so I can't respond to that. But I would put money on the, the idea that this guy just completely made that up and twisted it out of proportion. We're the ones that come in and groom the kids. Pedal groomer should be executed, by the way. Okay, wow. Well, for what it's worth, he's not talking about he's not talking about pedos, actually. He's talking about the LGBT community. He wants the LGBT community to be subjected to After a fair trial, of course. A trial, presumably, and then execution afterward. 
LGBT community. And, you know, even assuming that he was being straightforward about it and not talking about the LGBT community, that is a wicked extreme take, dude. This guy is absolutely obsessed with sexual goings on. He sees it around every corner. Can you watch a sporting event without hearing about drag queens? Really? A sporting event? What sporting events? This is all that's on their mind 24-7. Listen to this clip from Steve Deese. Again, from the Blaze Network, Glenn Beck's network, late October 2022. The Democratic Party. Wow, that click with his tongue blew out my eardrum just now. That was crazy loud. I wish I could clip, click my tongue like that. That's crazy. That was like, that's got to be a skill, right? Does somebody like have like a competition that you can enter where you practice clicking your tongue that loud? How does one go about perfecting something like that? That's truly impressive. The Democratic Party is not a political party. It is one in name only. It is a demonic construct. Call it what it is. This is dangerous road right here. This is really, really disturbing. This is exactly what happened in 1930s Germany. This exact thing. This exact type of verbiage. And uh, for what it's worth, this exact type of wording took place in Rwanda during the, or in the lead-up to the Rwandan genocide, too. The same type of language was spoken. The same ideas espoused. This guy has problems. And, you know, it, it, he's not making it super obvious or, or not so blatantly obvious that he could be arrested for it, but he's definitely calling for violence here in a veiled way. What it is. You're voting for a demonic construct. You're not compassionate. You're not tolerant. You're not kind. You're anything but. You're voting for dudes teabagging their hairy sacks on children at public life. What? Oh my God. I'm going to fall over. What the hell is happening right now? They're doing what? Oh my God. Okay. Let me just. You know what? Let him cook. Let him cook. Maybe, maybe he's got a point. Let's just hear him out and see if he explains himself, okay? You're voting for dudes teabagging their hairy sacks on children at public libraries and public schools. You're voting for that. That's what you're... I don't remember that. I've been to plenty of public libraries, literally never seen that happen anywhere ever. Okay? That's what you're for. You're for it. I'm not, actually. I'm not for that. I'm actually opposed to something like that. If you are a part of this, if you vote for this, you are aiding and abetting a demonic construct, a satanically influenced entity, and a death cult. Wow, dude. Okay, that was just, I don't even know. What was that? Somebody please tell me what that was. That was unhinged from reality in the truest sense. That was absolutely nuts, dude. What am I listening to right now? Okay, listen to this one. Late September 2022. Again, this is where the Republican Party is, okay? They believe that this is what happens at libraries. They're just books, okay? They're just books. And they're not even, like, explicit books, 
Yeah, maybe one line in a couple of these books is like a little bit explicit. That's life. That Welcome to the world. That's what it's about. You know, you're going to come across some stuff you don't like in the world. You have to put up with it. It's part of living in a society. No, instead, they want to ban it. They want to ban anything they don't like or understand. And in an effort to ban everything they don't like or understand, they're going to make wild, baseless claims about people doing things with their stuff on your kids at places. What? This is crazy. What is happening, dude? This is funny, actually. Okay, late September 2022. Listen to this one. <laughs> My God, can it get crazier than this? Can this guy top it? We all, I think, understand. And if you don't, don't worry. I'm going to keep leaning on you until you... Great. Okay. Fantastic. Keep leaning on me like your mom did last night. Get there. We all, I think, by now, understand the old model of going to a happy-go-lucky church, watching Fox News all week long in between, and then being the silent majority and voting for the red wave to save us. Okay, that none of that is accurate, but all right. Is a relic of a bygone era and won't cut it. Oh, you know when he gets really, really quiet, he's about to say something... <laughs> okay. He's about to say something psychotic, right? Let's... <laughs> God. All right, let's listen. Let's see what this crazy thing is he's about to say. I I'm not even going to pause it in the middle. I'm just going to let the pause ride. It doesn't matter which rhino you decide to vote for for Congress. Okay, I thought that was going to be a lot more psychotic at the end of the pause, dude. I don't know what ex well, I don't know what to expect with this guy anymore after that last one. That was crazy. Uh, that was a wicked long pause, though. All right. Go on. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> God. Which rhino you decide to vote for for Congress. They're teabagging your kids at the public library down the street. Which Wow. Okay. I guess this is like his thing. This is what he says. That takes you off guard hard when you hear that, right? Oh, my God. That's really funny. I love it. Okay. Go on. Decide to vote for for Congress. They're teabagging your kids at the public library down the street with drag queens. We're beyond this now. We're beyond it. Does he believe this? Does he really think this is actually literally happening? I have to wonder. Seriously. I mean, if this is happening, obviously, it would be against the law, right? And it would be super easy to just send a cop down there to stop it. But does he think, like, the cops are in on it or something? What? How does he believe that this process is playing out? And why does he have Ruth Bader Ginsburg on his sticker on his laptop? That's weird. What does this mug say? It's got to be something crazy, right? Couldn't something overturned something without her? Couldn't hear overturned row without her? I, I think is what it says. Okay. Wow. Keep listening here. With drag queens. We're beyond this now. We're beyond it. As I said last hour, at this point, with a very... Somebody says, what is teabagging? Um, <laughs> somebody help me out here. How, how do I describe this in a monetizer-friendly way? All right. Imagine that you're making a, a, like a cup of tea, and you have a teabag, right? A little teabag. Now, imagine that that teabag is actually 
part of your anatomy, okay? And imagine that the cup is part of your mouth or somebody else's mouth, you know? And, you know, you're kind of dipping the tea bag in the cup because the cup, that's kind of the idea. I, I, I'm doing my best here. Somebody clean, like, whoever edits this, if it's me or my other person, I'm sorry. There's so much work that needs to be done with the editing on this. I'm trying. Crouches up and down real fast in someone's face. Okay. That's a decent explanation, I suppose. Squatting on someone. There's also a mushroom stamp, and that's a little bit different. I think. Anyway, he apparently believes that's what's happening right now at libraries. Or beyond it. As I said last hour, at this point, with very limited exceptions, elections in America are total depravity versus managed decay. Total depravity. He is just in a completely different reality than everybody else, right? Or, well, you know what? I think he's actually in the same reality as most other Republicans. He's just in a different reality than, like, the rest of the world. Just unhinged stuff, dude. That is really funny, though. I've got to say. That's hilarious that he believes this. Jesus Christ, dude. Just unhinged. Unhinged stuff. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. I think that's hilarious. I mean, it, it's a bad harbinger for democracy that he believes this. But, oh, my God, is that funny. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelist and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.